I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We often talk about the fact that instant certainty is the enemy of truth and undermines trust. Yesterday was an interesting application of that. Uh, In a difficult spot in the fog of war, two missiles crossed the Ukrainian border, landed in Poland, killing two of the Polish citizens. There was instant certainty that this was an attack from Russia, that they were Russian missiles uh, going into Poland. And, of course, as the day wore on, we found out that it was time to think again. What does it all mean? What does it mean for Ukraine? What does it mean for NATO, for Poland, and for Russia? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we've been reporting, uh, it was a little bit of a think again moment, and that quick rush to instant certainty in what happened uh, proved, as it often does, uh, to be not quite accurate. And this is an area where I have applauded President Biden, his comment yesterday, I thought was very straightforward and right on that we don't know and that president uh, pledged his support to the Polish government to search it out, to find the facts and to draw some conclusions. And as that continued to play out, uh, again, the president was right. Uh, He didn't immediately condemn Russia on that front, uh, saying that, you know, we've, we've got to get all the facts in. And when the facts came in, it turned out that it is most likely that they were Ukrainian missiles that were being fired to intercept Russian missiles that had been launched. Uh, over 80 uh, launched in a uh, just a wicked barrage yesterday on so much of Ukrainian infrastructure, energy, uh, electricity grids that uh, have just had a devastating effect there. Uh, and then the tragedy of it in Ukraine in an effort to defend itself against Russian missiles uh, had two of those of their anti-missiles uh, end up in Poland and tragically killing two Polish citizens. And so this is just one more reminder that we've got to be very careful, especially in the fog of war, that we don't rush to those instant certain judgments. we got to let it play out, get all the facts, because then and only then can we know where we really are and chart a course to where we need to go. Now, interesting today, Secretary Austin uh, gave a statement uh, saying that the signs of the investigation into the missile that landed in Poland, uh, that it was indeed an accident uh, caused by air defense missiles launched by Ukraine. We're still gathering information, but we have seen nothing that contradicts President Duda's preliminary assessment that this explosion was most likely the result of a Ukrainian air defense missile that unfortunately landed in Poland. And whatever the final conclusions may be, the world knows that Russia bears ultimate responsibility for this incident. I think that was the most important uh, phrase there, that ultimately the world knows that Russia does bear responsibility for this incident. 
because of their attack on Ukrainian sovereign soil. That uh, They invaded a sovereign country uh, with the intent to, to overthrow the government, uh, to, to take over the, the land, to, to annex it, so to speak, into Russian territory. And that, that was all part of Vladimir Putin's grand design. Uh, of course, the execution of that by Vladimir Putin has uh, been a really, really interesting look at what not to do uh, and how not to do it. Uh, it seems that the, the vaunted Russian military has been anything but that. Uh, they have been uh, undisciplined. They have been ill-equipped. They have been unable to execute. And uh, kudos to the Ukrainian forces that uh, supplied uh, by allies in the West that they have had the courage, the fortitude uh, to press uh, and counterpress against the the Russians and, and have gained extraordinary victories that I don't think anyone thought possible in the early days uh, of this invasion from Russia. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And so that all leads us to, well, so now where do we go from here with a clear understanding of this is the reality? We've been talking and warning about what's going to happen during the winter. Uh, during a press conference today, General Milley gave an overall evaluation about the war raging in Ukraine. And really interesting, he had this to say about the Russian offensive. The strategic reframing of their objectives of their illegal invasion have all failed, every single one of them. And we've just witnessed last week Russia's retreat from Kherson. And it's clear that the Russian will to fight does not match the Ukrainian will to fight. That will to fight is uh, something you cannot dictate from the top. The will to fight uh, is, is really the test, and that is where Above all else, uh, Ukraine is clearly winning and dominating uh, as they continue to push Russia back. Of course, the Russian withdrawal uh, from some of those crucial areas back across the river. Uh, so they are now kind of trying to hunker down. Uh, and that's an interesting component to all of this is as winter comes, we talked yesterday about the fact that Vladimir Putin is trying to weaponize winter. So this massive barrage, over 80 missiles launched uh, all across Ukraine, targeting critical infrastructure electricity grids, energy, uh, all of those things, uh, that is very much part of trying to inflict uh, additional suffering on the Ukrainian people as they head into the brutal cold of winter. That If they don't have electricity, if they don't have running water, uh, they don't have heat, uh, that's going to really put a strain on the people of Ukraine, and that's going to be a, a real great test. Uh, it's also interesting, though, that uh, Vladimir Putin felt he had to do this 
uh, and have this big offensive, this big, almost a shock and awe kind of campaign uh, in the last 48 hours, trying to assert something going into winter that Russia could sort of hang their hat on uh, in terms of kind of muddling through. Uh, and that becomes the next test. Uh, in this same press, press conference, uh, when uh, asked about what the future of the war might look like, uh, General Milley talked about uh, what we will likely see as we move into winter. No, I think I think the Ukrainians should keep the pressure on the Russians, uh, you know, to the extent that they militarily can. But winter gets very, very cold. Um, and the natural tendency is for tactical operations are going to naturally probably slow down. And right now what we're seeing uh, is the lines from, from Kharkiv all the way down uh, to Kherson, for the most part, are beginning to stabilize. Now, whether that means they will be stable throughout the winter or not, nobody knows. Nobody knows for certain. So I think this is really interesting messaging coming out of the United States now. Uh, there has been this idea of it, it's time to get into the negotiation table. It's time to start to trying to figure out the path to peace. And I thought it was interesting that both General Milley and Secretary Austin said, you know what, the Ukrainians, this is theirs. They get to decide how this plays out, and they ought to keep pressing, and they ought to lean in because they clearly have uh, Russia on their heels the Russian army is clearly flustered. Uh, they've lost a significant number of men. The, the number of tanks and armored personnel carriers uh, is stunning uh, that they have lost in these battles. And so there's a little bit of, hey, we'll keep supplying you uh, from the West in terms of the equipment you need, the arsenal that you need, as long as you have the will to fight, the strategy to do it, and the ability to execute, uh, keep going. Uh, because uh, Russia would like nothing more than a little bit of pause to to catch their breath. So Secretary Austin was asked uh, how long he thought Russia could hold out, given that depletion of manpower and equipment. Uh, he he gave a most fascinating assessment. Take a listen. I I don't think the Ukrainians are going to allow them to hold out. I think the Ukrainians are going to continue to pressure them. Uh, and so this, ba- this battlefield dynamic will change, you know, continue to change. And Ukrainians know that, you know, allowing them to rest and refit and rearm is a mistake. That's a that's a an operational mistake. And I don't believe they're going to make that mistake. And, I, I, you know, my goal is to make sure that they have the means to do what's necessary to ensure that they don't hold out. I think that is fascinating coming from Secretary Austin that the idea of allowing Russia to rest, refit, and rearm would be a mistake. Uh, He reiterated that part of his job and what the administration's job is in connection with other key allies from around the world uh, is to make sure that Russia is not given the opportunity to rest, refit, and rearm. Uh, He talked about the fact that uh, it will be very difficult for Russia to rearm swiftly. It's going to take time. Uh, They've they've used up a lot of things and absent uh, help from Iran and North Korea, uh, that process will be even slower. Uh, And so as we continue to to look at how this all plays out, uh, again, the fog of war should cause all of us to be restrained. Uh, No rush to judgments, no instant certainty. We have to let this continue to play out, uh, but very clear from U.S. military leaders uh, that Ukraine is on the offensive and has the upper hand. Russia is reeling, and we shouldn't give them a, an opportunity to, to regroup uh, because the important thing is for the Ukrainians to be in control of this portion of the equation. We can help uh, with the assets required, 
but they have the will uh, and they have to do it uh, on their own in order to save their country. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.